Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour number two of the Get Right with Reggie KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Chris Strong holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truckrate.com text line 877-881-1053. If you want to get in. On the conversation with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Can this Mavericks defense just be average this season? We'll get into that conversation and a little bit more in and around the association as the Dallas Mavericks get a road win over the Orlando Magic on a second night of a back-to-back. They win 117 to 102 over Jamal Mosley and the Orlando Magic. Jamal Mosley, of course, former uh Assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks as uh, Luka Doncic leads the Mavericks with 29 points on 9 to 17 from the field. You go to the other uh, guys in the box score tonight. Kyrie Irving, 21 points. Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, another 21 points. He goes 4 of 11 from 3 in 31 minutes of play. Derek Lively, really good once again, uh, 10 points as well on 4 of 5 shooting. Grant Williams was a plus 18 with 13 points. Always is. Always is. Like uh, Grant Williams is incredibly useful in his role. Um, I've just, I've really come to enjoy him just being kind of mainstay on this team. But the question that you asked was about the defense. Like, can it be average? Because as of right now, um, you watch it and over the course of watching it, you don't see anything particularly extraordinary, do you? Uh, So far, no. And so. The idea is this is an offense that is clearly going to be able to show up um, consistently. Luca, Kyrie, as long as those guys are available to you, and that's been the, that was the whole idea. Your offense is going to be a top five, probably top three offense. That was the whole idea of the trade. And b- beyond that, what you just needed was enough defense. You don't need to be great. You need to be enough. And it seems like generally what you need if you're going to be a top offense is an average defense and vice versa. If you're going to be a top defense, just enough offense to get something done if you want to be some level of contender in the NBA. Do they have the the foundation to be a top D or a average defense? And that comes in parts, right? One, we were all offseason, you were looking for this team to give you an anchor defensively because you knew that you do not have perimeter. You don't have like defensive talent on the perimeter. You don't have guys that can lock down on the perimeter. So you need to be able to play a certain level of defense that if people get into the paint, that you can make them, you know, have to think twice about their shots and then also collect rebounds because rebounding is a portion of defense as well. And it seems like Derek Lively is showing up to be that very early, or at least he's showing the proof of that when it comes to the concept. And he has the room to grow into that fully fledged thing, hopefully by the end of this regular season, Mm -hmm. right? That fully fledged, Tyson Chandler-esque, right, um, center where you're getting tip-outs, you're getting 
rebounds, you're getting uh, putback dunks, and you're getting uh, finishing lobs, you know, that type of player. And he's he's showing that he has that capability. Now outside of that, it's like, what is the scheme going to be, and are you going to be buy, bought into the scheme? Because that's the thing for a player that is not a plus defender is that, okay, now what we have schematically is there. Are you going to buy in? Are you going to give it the effort that's necessary to get the most of what you have and hopefully get your entire uh, defense there? And it seems like thus far in the season, you're getting, you're seeing the effort, and then you're also seeing them particularly turn it on in times where they absolutely need it. And you, it kind of led into a theory that it seemed like you had on what they were trying to do. Yeah, and it kind of played out a little bit tonight, honestly, when you look at what the Mavericks did against the Orlando Magic. They give up 33 points each of the first two quarters. So they give up a total of 66 points in the first half. But then you look at what they did in the second half. They give up 17 points in the third quarter and 19 in the fourth quarter. So after giving up 66 in the first half, you give up only 36 overall in the second half, which tells me, okay, maybe this is that old school or the old theory of bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we think about NFL teams. All right, we're going to give up a bunch of yards in between the 20s, but when we get inside the red zone, we're going to lock things down and keep you in out of the end zone. It feels like for the Mavericks, they may be taking some of that approach. Now, think about it that way because what has this team been much more accustomed to doing so far this year offensively? Playing with pace, trying to get up and down the floor a little bit. Well, a little bit more pace. That's uh, the, the pace is is slipping um, as you add more to the data set. But it's they're they're definitely tr- you can see the attempts, mm-hmm. the hit ahead passes. You can see Luca in certain instances trying you know get on his horse and get up the court. Mm-hmm. So you're expending a little bit more energy on the offensive end with some of that up and down transition. You know, play a little bit to where they may take some of you out on the defensive end. But it feels like in the second halves of games, the idea being, hey, let's get it, keep it close going into the fourth quarter. We believe offensively that we can score with anybody in the league with Luka and Kyrie. If we can get enough stops down the stretch, we feel like we're going to win a lot of ball games. So far, this team has been really good in the clutch. We say, Kevin, well, maybe that's because they've been playing some mid opponents that have allowed them to be able to win games at the end. We saw what happened against Charlotte, despite the fact that LaMelo Ball was going crazy in the fourth quarter. They had enough offensively to be able to stem the tie and have enough stops to be able to win that game against the Charlotte Hornets. So maybe this is a bend but don't break type of defense. Coming into tonight, this team was 21st in the NBA in defensive rating at 113 even as far as that was concerned. And you look at their last couple of games coming into tonight, defensive rating, you look at um, against Charlotte, 113. We know how bad it was against Denver. It had a defensive rating of 127. And prior to that, 110, 108, okay. Um, but up and down nature so far, this defense for the Mavericks this year. Yeah, man, I, I think there is something to the idea that they get to the second half and maybe in the fourth quarter, and then they try and institute the fullness of the game plan against the other team, which against the Charlotte Hornets, let's just take it back to, was later in the game trying to take make LaMelo a scorer as opposed to a facilitator. And so the idea that LaMelo ball was going off was one thing, but one thing you didn't notice is you didn't see him getting the ball to Mark Williams. You didn't see him facilitating out to the likes of P.J. Washington or whoever else you want to talk with, Gordon Hayward. And so it became a one-on-five effort. And not only that, it seemed like the, the, the Mavs were trying their best to, you know, steer – the uh, steer the Hornets uh, yeah, as best as they can into shots selections that are not advantageous. And the Hornets don't have the discipline of a more advanced or a more experienced team 
to wait and work for their best shot. And so they seem content to just kind of take those shots. So against the teams that they're that they're winning against right now, it does seem like they're having a decent amount of success at allowing those teams to maybe get themselves into less advantageous shots and then falter by doing those things. The question is, is that going to be successful against the caliber of teams that they that they hope to try and compete against? But right now, um, I think you're right, is that the defense is showing to be enough in late circumstances, but I wonder how much of that is they're playing against certain teams that are not going to have the discipline to to work at attacking the faults. And it's not fair to use the only data point of a good team that they've played against because it is, in fact, the reigning champion, Denver Nuggets, and they are very uniquely good at trying to attack those weaknesses and honestly, in some ways, just playing to their strengths, which are superior to most others in the league. But um, as of right now, like the defensive rating and, of course, again, small sample size through actually this only accounts for the six games um, is 115.2, which ranks 22nd out of 30th in the league. Mm-hmm. So right now it's you're, you're below average. And this is against teams, a lot of teams that are not incredible. So it, it's going to take a concerted effort. Buy in is going to be a major part of this. The scheme is going to have to be on point on any night, whether they decide to ice and send send uh, players to the baseline or whether they decide to, you know, really play drop and lean into the idea that Derek Lively's down there and uh, altering shots. But whatever the the game plan is, it's going to be really necessary that every single player buys in because you don't have necessarily individual talents. So what's going to have to be is going to be akin to what you saw in the Western Conference run where everybody knows their job and they do it to the best of their abilities to try and get a certain level of team defense that is sufficient as opposed to leaning on individual players to be capable. And what's nice is that you've seen Derrick Jones Jr. knock down shots time to time to allow him to be Mm -hmm. on the floor to give you some perimeter defense. You've seen Derrick Lively begin to start working on uh, some of those ticky-tack fouls. He had to deal with some foul trouble tonight in this game. He'll learn how to play with fouls as the season goes on. And the more that he does, the less that you have to go small outside of wanting to go small for Mm -hmm. advantageous situations, and that should help you defensively as well because, again, as we mentioned, the closest thing that you have to a defensive anchor is Derek Lively at this point. Next two games for the Mavericks are at home on Wednesday against the Toronto Raptors, and then they welcome in the new-look Los Angeles Clippers with James Harden. Speaking of that, he made his debut tonight for the Los Angeles Clippers, and they caught a beat him down in Gotham City from the New York Knicks. Knicks win 111-97. to Julius Randle, 27 points. Kawhi Leonard, 18 on the night. James Harden in his debut uh, for the Clippers. The Clippers. I'm sorry. I got lost for a second there. Yeah, you buffered uh, a little bit. You good? Yeah, we're good. 17 points, 6 of 9 on the field uh, from the field. Negative 18, though. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, oh, whew, yeah, that's yeah, the whole the whole team was not very good on the plus minus, uh, which makes us which makes me look at it and say the New York Knicks starters just kind of took them out of it. There's going to be an adjustment period. The Clippers are going to have to figure this out. This is a lot of dudes who can play isolation basketball. They're going to need to find what the, what the the mesh is. If they're just going to be uh, an entirely isolation based thing, or if this is going to be, uh, if there's going to be some level of system to be built into this, um, out of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, James Harden, and they're also starting Russell Westbrook. There's some questions that they need to figure out. So it's not going to be great out the gate. And one thing that we always have to remember is James Harden is a really good regular season player. Like last year, he was an incredible uh in fact he didn't lead the league in assists right like still an incredible basketball player the question for the end of the season is are you going to be um are you going to be able to play in clutch moments and if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy 
The answer is we don't really need you to because those guys are the guys that will take over in the moments if you falter. But figuring out how to play with all those guys, including Russell Westbrook, who had figured into and settled into a nice little role that was consistent, now that's been shaken up again. And as we understand, Russell Westbrook is a unique player to try and figure out how to settle in. So now as you're changing the dynamic, it's going to take them a little bit to get that one settled. Yeah, their starting five tonight was Paul, George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Zubac, uh, Westbrook, and Harden. And Westbrook went with 8 of it, 13, 17 points as well. Both of them, Harden and Westbrook, played 31 minutes apiece. Paul George was awful tonight. He was 2 of 11 from the field uh, in 34 minutes with just 10 points on the night as well. A couple other quick news and notes from the NBA today. Uh, Anthony Davis had to leave tonight's game against the Miami Heat. He's dealing with hip spasms. Uh, Here Los, we go. For the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they lost 108 to 107 to the Miami Heat. He appeared to tweak his left side uh, while jostling with, uh, is it Jamie or Jaime? Jaime Hawkins? Yeah. Yeah. Early uh, or late in the second quarter. Uh, so he had to leave the game there. So he will be reevaluated for the Los Angeles Lakers. And unfortunate news for the. Portland Trailblazers, as Robert Williams is going to require uh, right knee surgery, and he is expected to be sidelined for an extended period of time for the Portland Trailblazers. So he was actually someone I wouldn't mind seeing in a Dallas Maverick uniform, but he just cannot stay healthy and unfortunately will require surgery on his right knee and will be out for an extended period. That, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and also Jamal Murray dealing with a hamstring strain. He's going to be out for a little while as well. Yeah, moving on from Robert Williams for the Celtics, this was in, this was part of it. Not entirely. Like, he's still a very valuable player when he plays, but it's that injury issue that can pop up. And the tough thing about it is, if you remember, um, the Celtics told Robert Williams that playing through an injury wouldn't make it worse. And I'm not saying that this is directly related to it, but it does make you wonder how, you know, if, if Isaiah Thomas, like Isaiah Thomas, you know, Robert Williams was failed by, you know, a, a, a medical staff again. Um, but it really does stink for that player because when healthy, he is a really fun, modern big. And it just seems like health has really um, gotten to him over the last couple of years and made him, you know, not available for his team. So that's really unfortunate for him in particular. The Blazers, I don't know. They, they seem to be in a place where I don't know that they were trying to win, do winning necessarily. So I don't know how much that changes it, but it does it does preclude you from figuring out how he might mesh with some of the pieces that you have there. Uh, two quick scores before we go to break because they are just astronomical. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers get a 146-128 win at home over the Wizards. Joel Embiid tonight, 48 points on 17 of 25 from the field, <laughs> but 14 of 14 from the free throw line. But how many shots did uh, did Kuzma and, uh, and your man, um, what's his name? Kuzma was a leading scorer for uh, Washington. He went 12 of 20 for 28 points. Tonight. 20 shots. All right. What's my other guy? Jordan what's, Poole. That's the one. <laughs> Jordan Poole tonight. Uh, 8 of 15 for 23 points. 50, yeah. They got they got some numbers. Uh, but they, they did put up numbers. Uh, speaking of numbers, the Indiana Pacers put the Spurs in the dirt tonight. 152 to 111. Good God. <laughs> on the night. So they beat the Spurs by 41 points. Tyrese Halliburton had 23 on the night for the Indiana Pacers. They played a, a bunch of dudes. Wait, 23 was the leading score? Uh, 23 was the leading score. I got to watch some Pacers basketball because they seem to be putting up some numbers. And where is that coming from? Like, not to say that they are incapable, but like, where exactly are all of these numbers coming from well, on when, a night-to-night basis? When Buddy Heal goes, you know, 
five of six from three for 19 points. It was a plus 22 off the bench in 21 minutes of play. He only missed one shot. I mean, they shot an absurd 58% from the field and 53% from the three-point line while shooting nearly 96% from the free throw line. Very good. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, some NBA news and notes, and the Mavericks getting a win tonight in Orlando as well. They are off tomorrow before they take on the Toronto Raptors and Scotty Barnes at the American Airlines Center on Wednesday night. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, some overreaction or not coming out of week number nine, including this one about the Baltimore Ravens. Next on the Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A little overreaction or not coming out of this past weekend's NFL action. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Chris Strong hold it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on odyssey and the odyssey app coming up in 16 minutes we'll go inside the gray area where of course there is no gray area we'll do that here in 16 minutes it's such an active night because in addition to monday night football which i completely forgot about your dallas stars being down three to one currently in um in i believe third period yes um i forgot that college basketball is going and so me and you during that break were just catching up on scores from men's and women's college basketball and some incredible highlights. But then as as we were coming back, I decided to look at the uh, box score of this Monday night uh, Chargers-Jets game. All right. And uh, your leading passer is Zach Wilson with 116 yards or 161 what? yards right now. What? Justin Herbert is 11 for 23 for 91 yards, averaging four yards an attempt. Okay, so you mean to tell me the only touchdown, one of the two touchdowns that they had was the the punt return that they had, and that that looks like the only touchdown. That that's the only touchdown that the Chargers have right now. That's what it's looking like, dog. Oh wow. Okay. Other than that, we kick a field goals, Bubba. Okay. All right. Shout out to that explosive Charger offense Wait, tonight. I got to be missing something. Oh, Joey Bosa out here wrecking shop. That's what's going on. He's got two and a half sacks tonight too. Oh, was def- uh, No, 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 no. Okay, that's the. Where all the where all the score come from? Hold on, <laughs> I like. Oh, how there's an Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler rushing touchdown. Okay, okay. Right, I was like, go. there's got to be another touchdown here somewhere, right? Uh, but no, Joey Bosa is having himself a night. He's got two and a half sacks for the Los Angeles Chargers as they lead 17-6 with two thirty-five left in the third quarter. Yeah, so don't watch that. Listen to us. We'll give you updates as necessary. By the way, can't stay in the NFL this upcoming weekend. Is just it, in general or well, this particular reason. Okay. So apparently they just refuse to flex out the Denver Broncos as far as primetime games are concerned. You're gonna get this Russell Wilson. Bruh. You don't get like, it. Let it go, man. The future ain't bright for him at this point. Like it. just let it go. NFL fan bases. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Anyway, uh, overreaction or not coming yes, out Yes, of- that's an overreaction to not flex. Thank you for asking. Is that an overreaction? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. 
All right. You got the overreaction. That's right? true. Dan Graziano yeah, of yeah. ESPN uh-huh, has put yeah. together a list of overreactions <laughs> for week nine in the NFL. Uh, this was an interesting weekend of football and our, our prognosticator right here on the oh, truckwreck.com text boy. line, unfortunately, was not able to keep the streak going. A couple of weeks of some really good, bold predictions that came true. Unfortunately, their bold prediction this weekend was that the Seahawks would handle the Ravens. And oh, no, 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 no. The Ravens hit them with the beat them down. I tried to tell y'all the Ravens were going to put them in the dirt this weekend, man. I tried to tell y'all. To the point where a lot of people are saying that the Baltimore Ravens are the number one team in the NFL. And Dan Graziano goes as far as saying the Ravens will be the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Overreaction or no? Uh, that is not an overreaction. Not gonna lie to you. What a what did I tell you yesterday? I said the Ravens looking real Super Bowl contenderish right now, brother. <laughs> After what they did to Seattle, yes, it wasn't even close, man. And it, it's it's kind of weird because it feels like they have flown a little under the radar as the season. I mean, now you're starting to get, start to get some of the recognition, but it felt like early on it's like, oh man, the Ravens are playing some pretty good football. Then all of a sudden you look now, look around, they just beating down everything. And his path, and I thought it was going to be get a little bit more of a better game between the Ravens and the Seahawks yesterday. Right. And the Ravens were like, actually, no, nah, we're good on that. We're good on that. Well, the, the thing about it is this was very much a test of the folks whose um, perspective on football is wins will tell you what it is, right? Especially like the uh, – what's what's the uh, what's the, the adage? Uh, you are what your record says you are. That's right. Right. Um, and the tough thing about it is you could watch some of these games, and if you watch the Ravens play, you go, oh, they are dominating that team without looking at the score. It was just certain. It was it was something. It was always something, right? There was an instance where Lamar Jackson was putting the ball on the ground sometimes because uh, your, lineman was, your line was getting beat, and you just got people knocking the ball out of your hand as you're trying to deliver the football, right? Um, there were some instances. There was one of these games where I think it was the Steelers game with the Ravens where his receivers just refused to catch the ball. I don't know what he said to them that week or what happened because this it seemed like their hands went on strike right and it just feels like it's always something however when you when you break it down into units that defense is a monster Geno Geno Stone at safety who I believe is a backup if I remember correctly or started the season as a backup is out here catching everything that they can get pressure right that defense is just a monster if one of the best defenses in the league I'm willing to say top three defense in the league and then you've got an offense that when dudes are catching the football they can really attack you in the passing game. And then, of course, you can still come back to the idea that they can run the football. They literally have everything at their disposal. It's just if everything is going to come together. And thus far, it's come together in a certain way. And you look around the league as of right now, and is there another team that you view as being better, as having all these things all together? Maybe, just maybe, um, with the runway that they're building, the Bengals finding their way into that for me because you, you now see what's happening when Joe Burrow is healthy and back at the center of that offense. But other than that, this team looks like a monster at the very least in the AFC to the point where this does not feel like an overreaction at all. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens feel like the most complete team right now through nine games. And you mentioned it, not just with Lamar Jackson. He went 21-26 to 26 for 187 yards. Uh, didn't throw a touchdown, but they are beating the brakes off of people in the run game. They ran for nearly 300 yards to the tune of 7.3 yards per carry. Is that good? Yesterday. Keaton Mitchell with nine carries for 138 yards, averaging 15 15 yards a carry yesterday. Yeah, Baltimore, I I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing out there right now. So that that is definitely not an overreaction right now. All right, let's move it along in our overreaction or not. 
Um, the we got to go to South Beach. The Miami Uh-oh. Dolphins, or actually, Uh-oh. I think it's what is it? Miami Gardens is where they play. Is that is that where the uh, Hard Rock Stadium is? Something like that. Highly a Garden, something like that. Something like that. Um, the Dolphins. If you look at the record, they got some wins, but you look at their against who they're against, and it's. <sighs> It's a little concerning. This was another instance where they played in Frankfurt, Germany this weekend, and they played against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they they were down, uh, what was it, 14 to nothing? 21 nothing. 21 nothing. Yeah. They clawed back to make it 21 to 14, and that is the final. Um, and that seems to fall back in line with the idea that they can't beat good teams. So Dan Graziano writes that the, the Dolphins will flame out in the playoffs because they cannot beat good teams. React. Overreaction or not? Uh, that's not an overreaction. They're a little fraudulent to me. Ooh. I, I, I thought I picked, I was on uh, CBS radio this past weekend. and in, Wow, look at the flex. Well, I mean, I mean, he asked me, he said, you know, how do you feel about the Chiefs and the, and the Dolphins game? I was like, you know, I think the Dolphins, I think this is the game that they actually step and beat this game because Kansas City's look vulnerable. I know defensively they've been much better so far. Monstrous on defense. But offensively has not been, you know, what we've been accustomed to. You know, for Patrick Mahomes in this passing game, and I thought Miami was actually going to be able to take it to them and be able to have some success. They just, they didn't show up. I mean, in the second half, they found a little bit. Cedric Wilson had a nice touchdown, you know, catch, you know, in that game as well. But, yeah, man, Miami, you know what Miami reminds me of right now? What's that? Uh, They remind me of Notre Dame. They can beat all these, you know, mediocre and mid-teams. I love that you're slandering two teams at once. This is nice. Yeah, I can't stand Notre Dame. Um, But when it comes to actually beating real opponents, you know, worth a damn, it's not happening for them. And I get it from the 2-4. They're missing, you know, Devon Achan, you know, they're talented running back for Texas A&M. But, man, I thought Miami was actually going to win this game, so... Yeah, but no. the, Devon Achan does not explain the, the significant difference in offensive capabilities when they're playing certain teams, when they're playing bad teams versus when they're playing teams yeah. that we believe are teams that simply have a winning record. Well, they didn't beat the Eagles. They got busted up by the Buffalo Bills, and now they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, who now get to go into their bye week and get you know healthy and rested as they get ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. In, in well, by weeks. the way, the Kansas City Chiefs have their own. like We give them a pass because we've just gotten used to the Kansas City Chiefs rounding into form, and we kind of believe in them as an institution as opposed to like the team that they're putting out right now. Because offensively, that thing is stale. Like They need to figure some things out, and particularly on the pass catching side. You need to find ways to get Rashi Rice or whoever else. And he had a touchdown catch in the game yeah, on you, Sunday. Yeah, you, you, know, you, need to, you need to find ways to make these things more effective, and you probably need to lean a little bit more carefully on Isaiah Pacheco, understanding that he's not a perfect running back, but you got to do something there because that defense is really good, and it, it's almost weird that they have they have kind of flipped to a defense-first team, even though we continue to look over there at Patrick Mahomes, but that defense is leading the way there. And that's the scary part about the Chiefs is that once this offense does come along, this defense right now is playing like a top-10 unit in the league, so... Yeah, Chiefs are in a decent position to get healthy during the bye week for sure, though. All right, another overreaction or nah here mm-hmm. on the Get Right on 105.3, the fan. C.J. Stroud, the quarter number two Woo! overall pick and quarterback of the Houston Texans. Um, how do we say it on this show? Hooping. C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate and will be one for years to come. Uh, he's he completed, uh, in, against the Buccaneers, completed it 30 of 42 passes, 470 yards, <laughs> five touchdowns, the 470 yards, mind you, uh, the most passing yards ever in the game, in a game by a rookie. 
Um, and then also led a forty a, a, a touchdown game winning touchdown drive with forty six seconds left in the game to take a four point lead. Um, yeah, man. C.J. Stroud, MVP candidate. Uh, half overreaction there. I don't even know what that means, but okay. I'll because let you it. it's a little overreaction as far as an MVP candidate this year. We're, we're doing a lot. Uh, I think I saw Orlovsky say something like that today. I'm like, okay, we're, we're doing a little bit too much here. Um, Are we? Now, maybe for years to come, I, I think we might have something here. Here's the funniest part about his, yes, his day yesterday. He threw for what, for 470? That's right. Uh, do you know... Who were three of the five leading receivers yardage wise yesterday in week nine of the National Football League? Well, since you said it like that, I'm guessing it's going to be Nico Collins. Nope. No, not Nico Collins. No. Okay. Well, definitely Tank Dell. 114. He was fifth. Who, who else was catching the ball? It wasn't, oh, D- Dalton Schultz was one of them. 130 for Dalton Schultz yesterday. Guess who was the second leading receiver in the NFL behind CeeDee Lamb yesterday? Another former cowboy. That's right. Oh yeah, Noah Brown was cooking. I forgot. Noah Brown went for a buck fifty-three which yesterday. Le- which let's talk about Bobby Slowick won the <laughs> offensive coordinator there of the Kyle Shanahan tree. That's a madman. But then also CJ Stroud, like it re I kind of want to say not an overreaction. Like it because it's the thing, right? These guys are good players. We know Noah Brown is a good player. We know Tank Dell is Come on, a pretty dog. good player. 153. That's my point, right? This is the thing is where we start having the narrative discussions about quarterbacks. What does it sound like he is doing right now? Elevating the players around him. Oh, I like what you're doing there. As a rookie quarterback to <laughs> grab hold of an offense and then elevate the player. He got Dalton Schultz out here running around like Travis Kelsey, dog. <laughs> and I mean that no disrespect to Dalton Schultz because I believe him to be an incredibly reliable tight end. But like that, one thirty, like that. I mean, low key, he has been hooping this year for those Houston Texans. And the thing that's fun <laughs> for him is that he'll get into the post game and he'll break it down for you, which is even more fun when you consider what was at the K two or Q two or whatever the the S two results that test that's like replaced that Wonderlick. Yeah, how he had really bad results and people want to make it seem like he was going to be a bad quarterback. This dude understands football, dog, and he's out here hooping. And as of right now, I am 100% willing to put him in this conversation for MVP. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I think that's stretching it a little bit, just, just a little bit. But I, I like his future. His, his future is good. Here's the thing I have a question about, too. is So Bobby Slowick, as you mentioned, off, former coordinator with uh, – The, the Niners. Yeah, he was the yeah. offensive coordinator with the Niners last year, I guess. Hey, man. Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel now head coach. In Miami, mm-hmm. Bobby Slowick looking like he about to be a head coach at some point down the yeah, road. Yeah, he's gonna too. get a he's gonna get a, a, a head coaching job off the strength. Hey, can we get one of them? Can, can can the Cowboys get one of them from from Kyle Shanahan's system? I want one. Sounds like somebody's calling for the job of Mike McCarthy. That's crazy. I nothing. Well, hmm. that's crazy. I don't know about all that, but I, I just well, want, how you, how, you, how you gonna get one then? I just want something creative like that because that looks fun. That, that looks fun. Does look fun, don't it? <laughs> what they're fun. doing? You didn't have fun this weekend. I mean, it was great. You know, it was great. Shout out to Dak Prescott. He sounds ungrateful. You see that? You hear the ungratefulness in his voice? It's just down there. It's like if it's just just a little bit down in the great. chest. You can hear it. It's hey, in there. Great. There's just a little bit yeah. of well, lack of gratefulness. You see all that fun that Miami having with that offense. You see all the fun that CJ Stroud and the Texas having with that offense. Never thought I would say that out loud. Jeez, <laughs> oh, here we are. By the way, to finish that off, uh, yeah, that's right. Robert Sala, head coach in uh, in New York. Yeah, I was just talking offensively. Yeah, of course, talking, you can yeah. talk about D'Amico yeah. and everybody else. 
Okay, so we talked about three of the five leading wide receivers from or receivers from week nine. That's right. So CeeDee Lamb, of course, is number one, had 191 yards. Because he is him. Noah Brown, uh, 153. Do you know who was the third leading receiver in week nine of the National Football League this week? It's another former Cowboy, wasn't it? That's right. Oh, was it Amari? Amari went off for a buck thirty-nine. This I love how your top five, how the top five rankings were just like banter. Cowboys banter rankings. <laughs> Give KG stuff to talk about. Bruh. Was what the what the NFL did with the receivers this weekend. CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz were your four leading receivers this weekend. All right. We like our guys. That's right, 901. We like our guys. We got one of them. <laughs> and the best one at that. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy I wasn't it. selling anything, but okay. I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it. Uh, that's a little overreaction or not here from week number nine in the NFL. That, that is the most hilarious thing for the top receivers this week. I mean, you got a fifth round pick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a jerk. I apologize. You're doing I didn't a need lot. to do that. It was a loss this week, too. I'm just compounding. I apologize. Coming up next, we're going to go inside the gray area where this former NFL linebacker is back after he was banned for scamming people out of this. What money, I'm guessing. No. Next on the get right. About to go inside the gray area where there is no gray area where we're watching Anthony Edwards just go smooth off in overtime for the Minnesota Timberwolves right now as uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves up by five with about two minutes left in overtime over the Celtics. A lot of fun basketball tonight. A lot of big-time performances tonight uh, as well uh, in and across the association. Uh, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Chris Strong holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app will get you caught up on the latest headlines at the top of the hour, including some very interesting news in the world of the NBA with respect to uh, television uh, that will detail. You're not going to like it. Well, actually, for some fans... Maybe. They're going to like it a lot. Possibly. <laughs> uh, depending on if your team is broadcasted by this particular company. We'll get that top of the hour, though, here on the Get Right. Sorry, there's a lot of sports happening. Including yeah, I love your- what's happening here. We've got Stars Bruins as the, oh. as the Stars fall after a last-ditch uh, effort to try and score to get the game to overtime. They lose 3-2 to two at the American Airlines Center, unfortunately. Uh, Joe Pavelski had a late goal to bring it within one, but ultimately, stars fall three to two in the Jim Montgomery bowl, if you will. Uh, meanwhile, on Monday Night Football, you've got the Chargers up twenty to six on the Fighting Robert Salas of New York. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, he's walking around here with it doesn't look like a limp right now at this point. That's right. He's also mean mugging um san- uh, hand sanitizer dispensers. Oh. I, I just it, it, in his walk-in mm-hmm. as he's walking into the locker room. Yeah, right outside the locker room, there's a hand sanitizer dispenser. As it seems like there is outside of any entrance. Okay. And as he's walking in, for some reason, he, just the glance that he had towards the hand sanitizer wasn't feeling it. Look, I might be I might be imparting more on that glance than um, than what actually was there. Sure. However, from my estimation, it did look like he was not he was not about that. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, hand sanitizer, I guess, or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as we continue inside the uh, gray area here, the headline goes like this. NFL linebacker Blake Martinez unretires 
after being banned from scamming Pokemon collectors. You remember this story from a while back? I'm trying to. I was like, all right, I remember Blake Martinez. He used to play for the Giants, didn't he? Uh, at one point, he did. Okay. I, I remember Blake Martinez. I don't remember him retiring. or may, If I do, it's fuzzy in my memory. Well, he retired to start selling uh, Pokemon cards. Now, if you don't remember this story. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound smart. Well, just four months ago, Martinez said. Well, I guess there's, there's a lot of people in the collectibles market. I shouldn't say that. I apologize. Uh, well, of course, just, just four months ago, Martinez said that he was finished with the NFL and retiring. Now he's had a change of heart as he's going to be signing with the Carolina Panthers. Now, what led to the sudden change of plans? Uh, it turns out his Pokemon live streaming empire took a major hit when allegations of rigged gambling started surfacing. Wait, he was running a gambling ring? Martinez, who retired at the age of 29 to pursue his dream of running a Pokemon trading cards company, recently faced a permanent ban due to accusations of scamming Pokemon collectors. I speechless. Don't 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 have words. Those are pretty valuable. Though. No, mean, like those are, absolutely. Those like valuable. the tra- trading card game is berserk in a lot of different ways, right? Especially more so now. There's a lot of people putting money into it. I know that uh, obviously the KNC masterpiece. You've got Kevin Hagelin and Mike Bassick, also both huge when it comes to collectibles, particularly trading cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just I'm still. You mentioned gambling, and I was like, well, hold on. Where is the gambling in the Pokemon trading cards? Like, I thought you sold the cards or what have you. Now there's gambling involved. Like, my mind is I, I'm, my mind is swimming right now, so I'm going to need more details, KG. Well, the incident came to light when reports from numerous community members on whatnot raised c- concerns about Martinez's activities within the platform. Martinez, who had decided to venture into the world of uh, card trading after his retirement, had quickly established a successful business name, uh, Blake's Breaks, focusing on reselling rare and sought-after Pokemon TCG cards. Sure. And I'm going to pretend like I know what those letters you mean. You don't have to. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In less than a year, his company amassed, check this out, a staggering $11.5 million in revenue, attracting both Pokemon enthusiasts and collectors. However... I'm guessing those th- those metrics were not all on the up and up. This seemingly flourishing endeavor mm-hmm. took a dark turn mm-hmm. as reports began circulating about irregularities, boys and girls, in Martinez's operations on the platform. Oh, bad bookkeeping. All right, all right. Now, now I'm understanding what's happening. Yes, sir. Now, the WhatNot community, which prides itself, check this out, on ensuring a safe and transparent environment for buyers and sellers, flagged suspicious activities... Tied to Martinez's account. Okay, I just I just want to know where the scam is. Like, I just want you to understand, I've been sitting here waiting to hear where the scam is. It's, it's coming. Because I'm a scam appreciator. Not that I would like to be scammed. Wow, or nor, do, nor, nor that I actually do the scams. But I like to see, like, how'd you try and get over? Because I feel like that's a human human aspect. Every once in a while, it's people trying to get over it. Wow. I like to kind of catalog that. Also, shout out to Swaggy Booties. Let me know that TCG means trading card game. Okay. You feel better now, Lamar? I do. I do. Okay. And now I just want to see the scam. Show me the scam, KG. Uh, Show me <laughs> the scam. Well, behind door number one on August 4th, 2023, the official WhatNot Twitter account issued a statement confirming the permanent ban of Martinez and his associated account, Blake's Breaks, from the platform. The statement underscored the company's commitment to maintaining a fair 
an honest marketplace for its users, emphasizing their dedication to upholding community guidelines and addressing trust and safety issues promptly. Now, the announcer not only confirmed the ban, but also hinted at the possibility that multiple individuals were involved in the alleged misconduct. Furthermore, his whatnot account um, users are greeted with a notice saying this account has been permanently removed. So, yeah, he was basically out here. Okay. Scamming potential buyers of these of these cards. Apparently. All right. So, look, we've got someone on the Twitch saying named Ponderfunk who seems to have a better grasp on this. What? A Ponderfunk. Oh, okay. That's right. All um, right. They said it wasn't bad bookkeeping. Okay. Very good. They say the scam is that he would run bets on what card would be pulled, right? As you break the new deck or, you know, deck or whatever. Pack is the word. Thank you. Pack. Um, and then based on what people picked, he would change it so that they were always wrong. Therein, therein lies the scam. So I guess he was pulling like the three card Monty or whatever. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. So it's like. We're betting. Yeah. He, he was playing who's that Pokemon high stakes, right? He was like, look, man. Whatever this next card is, whoever bets, you bet on it. If you guess it right, you win the money, except he would just always pick the right, wrong one. Am I getting that right, Ponder Funk? Is that what we're saying? How come a friend of his wasn't like, hey, can you give 1-800-STOP-GAMBLING a call? Because you're out here doing too much. Doing too damn much. So he just was trying to figure out which card would get pulled next, and then he would trick everybody to actually, no, this wasn't the right one. That That is what I'm understanding from Ponder Funk. Well, shout out to uh, Mr. or Mrs. Ponderfunk. Thank you. Thank you for your explanation of the scam. I appreciate that. It also makes me want to go, hey, uh, is Blake Martinez smart? Well, it sounds like he might be broke. That's why he's going to, you know, participate in car crashes again for three hours at a time every Sunday. That answers my question. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I wonder, I really want to know, how did he think this was going to end? Right? Because that, that's often my question with anybody who runs some level of scam. Is like, did you... Did you think about how, like what the end game was, or did you only think about the way that the scam works to start? Hold on. Because you were going to get caught. Hold on. This is a billion-dollar industry? Last year alone, nearly $1 billion in sports cars were sold through the site, whatnot, and it, become, and it became the preferred destination for athletes and entertainers dabbling in the space. In May, Saints running back Jam- uh, Jamal Williams hosted a live stream event with the voice actor from his favorite anime, Naruto. And last summer, rapper Post Malone streamed a one-on-one match of Magic the Gathering, losing $100,000 to a fan in the process? I really do love how much you sound like somebody's daddy reading about these. He said Naruto? I wanted to make you, sure I said it correct. You know, I wasn't trying to, you I, know. I love how, how, how it sounded like you said Magic the Gathering with disdain, which is hilarious to me. Well, I mean, clearly, how old am I? You're 36. So I don't know anything about any of this. Oh, that's not true. There are 36 year olds that have been playing Magic the I Gathering. Said, I said me, oh, me, yeah, personally. No, nah, Magic the Gathering has been around for a while. It's actually a long, long time uh, game when it comes to that. And those can get expensive. Yeah, yeah, Magic yeah. Magic yeah. the Gathering, yeah. But are these mainly sports cards? Or no, it's, I mean, Naruto? look, he sounds like he's doing Pokemon cards. Yeah, yeah. No, this is nuts, man. We're not talking about tops. We're not talking about baseball. Okay. I must be in the wrong business because I didn't a billion dollar industry. That is what? Yeah, man. Uh look, man, everybody's got their stuff, right? Everybody's got the things that entertain them and that they enjoy. And you know, you put money towards your uh 
towards your your things, the things that make you happy. And, in, and for a lot of folks, trading cards of various sorts. Well, what's the lesson? What's the lesson here, boys and girls? Don't be out here betting. House always wins. That and don't get to a point where you're broke enough where you've got to go back and participate in car crashes. Because you're probably not that good enough football that you can go get millions. To have to do it all over again. Hopefully it works out for Blake Martinez. Oh, oh, two one four. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. They exist in that space as well. <laughs> Only KG will have the pre- <laughs> only KG and the and the and the two one four will appreciate what I just and, said. And Chris, if he's looking, yeah, everybody else. I'm sorry, I can't really do nothing for you there. Actually, I probably could, but I'm just not going to. Oh man, oh, uh, <laughs> that's 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 the gray area. Is that is that? The yeah, gray area? I was trying to think of a way to help them out, be able to realize it, and I can't think of the uh, what's what's my movie's name with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, what's his name. Damn it. A movie with Will Ferrell and someone else that narrows it down. Riley. What's Riley's first name? John C. Riley. Yeah. And they were stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. Boats and, you know. No? I mean, I think people will understand. All right, cool. Uh, let's just go to break on the Yeah, don't, don't scam people is the, is the lesson. Just go to break.